Thank you for listening to the 2x4 Student Podcast, the podcast that's two students, five students, and four students. All right, welcome everybody to episode 16 of the 2x4 Student Podcast. Oh my word, you are going to be so glad that you came in and sat in on this particular episode. I am graced, I am thrilled, honored to have a very special guest. Uh, Miss Katie Badgerow is with me today. Normally, I surround myself with uh, good old American teenagers, and we talk about teenager stuff, but technically speaking, Katie Badgerow, you are no longer a teenager. I am not. No. You are, um, you got one foot in the grave, basically. I mean, yeah. let's, let's, just, let's just be mm-hmm. cut right to the chase. Katie is uh, a graduate of Monacan High School yes. here in Chesterfield, Virginia, and uh, also a graduate of our student ministry, though no one really graduates. I, that's the way I look at it. Like when I, like I tell people, like, if I've ever been your youth pastor, you got me. It's for life. You got me for life. Yes. That's right. And uh, you'd be surprised how few actually live that way and actually take take me up on that. But I don't know. Maybe. I for sure live that way, if not too much. Right. <laughs> no, it's never too much. It can't be too much. So Katie Badrow is with us. And Katie, um, I, I've been a youth pastor for 25 years now. And um, the, the, the handbook says don't ever say that you have favorites. So I'm not saying that. I don't have favorites. But I do have stories of young people's lives that I love to watch. And yours is a story that I love to watch. Um, but just for the record and, you know, by the handbook, I love all students the same. Okay, but your story I have loved to uh, watch and even have a tiny little part of. So it's been awesome. So we'll get into some of that a little bit later on. But first, we are going to play a little game I like to call Get to Know Katie Badgerow. Awesome. Yeah, and this is the only time that we can play this game, and you're the only person I can play it with because it doesn't rhyme with anyone else. So we're going to play Get to Know Katie Badgerow. Here we go. All right, so the first, first question, which I think is of critical importance, um, when you make hot chocolate, do you put the powder in first or the hot water in first? Um, the hot water, for sure. Okay. We're going to have to start. We're going to have to end, end the episode. Because I didn't our, know that there was another way to do this. Our friendship, our friendship just took a hit. I, I don't understand people who put the hot water in and then this powder that floats on top. Why would you know. not put I the powder like in first? I feel like when you put the powder in first and then you pour water on top of it, it forms these little, like, clumps. Uh-huh. Okay. And to me, okay. that just looks super unsatisfying. There's this and thing called a spoon, though. I know, but the spoon, you can stir while you pour. So okay. there's no formation of okay. clumps. It's okay. just smooth. All right. Yeah. All right. Follow-up question yes. to the first one. Do you, do you have you or do you prefer to use milk instead of water? Because um, some I people do. I think when I make it myself, I usually use water just because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. But my grandma uses milk. Yeah. It tastes way better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Over the Christmas break, my wife made some like homemade white chocolate, hot chocolate. Mm. Oh my word! It was unbelievable. Sounds heavenly. It was it was sinfully delicious. Wonderful. Okay, so that was my first question. All right, so that, great. And just for the record, let's still be friends, okay? okay? We'll just, we just do our hot chocolate differently. Right. That's all. Um, okay, I just gave you a bag of trail mix, okay? Um, which of the pieces, what ingredient in the trail mix are you going to try and, like, 
pick out because you like it the best? And which ingredient would you rather me not have included in there? Okay. From the traditional um, trail mix. Traditional trail mix. Well, I'm going to go to the second question first because okay. I know that right off the bat. Okay. Raisins. raisins. I do not like raisins, so yeah. I would avoid raisins at all costs and probably to the extreme where, like, if a raisin is touching something else, yeah. I still probably yeah. wouldn't want to eat that. Yeah. Katie, I loved you before this episode started, and now it's even more. Good. So you're not a raisin fan? Raisins, here's, here's what I think. Raisins are grapes that have failed. Yeah. They're just failures. Yeah. Why anyone bothers with them, I don't understand it. Right. Yeah. Um, if there's something sweet in the mix, yeah. I would probably go for that. Okay, so or, maybe the M&M's. I like trail yes. mix with the M&M's. M&M's, yeah. or if there's like a pretzel type of thing, Okay. Mm-hmm. I would go for those too. A little too. salty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge peanut fan, but I can eat them. Okay. What about if there are cashews in there? Yes, I do like cashews. Almonds? Do you like almonds? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, going back to the Christmas season, which we have just gone through. By the way, the radio is still playing Christmas music, and here we are on the 29th. And uh, I say, okay, Me too. that's fine. Our tree is still up, so. I'm okay, yeah, ready. ours is ours is down. I think ours went down on the twenty seventh, but you know it was a Saturday, I guess. No, maybe it was Sunday. Anyway, we took it. We just felt like, all right, yeah, it's we're done. Fine. Okay, but yeah, Christmas music. Okay, so my wife made Chris Rice Krispie treats, but they had white chocolate in there. The marshmallow, of course, white chocolate, and peppermint like crushed up peppermint and pretzel like bits hmm. mixed in there wow so good i've never had such a delicious rice crispy treat so i recommend that to you um okay my um oh my third question shoot katie it just flew right out of my head um it was too good yeah what yeah here's here's another one i'll replace it with this one is there a particular song or show that you, like, really can't get enough of right now? Song or show? Oh. Um, I'm watching a couple weird shows on Netflix with my parents, but I don't think it would be, like, I can't get enough of it. It's okay. just we're in it's our something. house and it's something to do. It's something. But a song, this might be, this is actually kind of old. It's the song Remembrance by mm-hmm. Hillsong. Okay. And I'm a big fan. Okay. Look it up, kids. Remembrance yes. by Hillsong. All right. Yeah, that uh, that tune doesn't come to my mind or anything. So yes. maybe when I listen to it later, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that I one. I was on an airplane and just, like, clicked on my playlist, the yeah. one that can play without Wi-Fi and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And the song came on, and I guess I've had it in my playlist for a long time. But nice. never realized what a gem that song is. Okay, so remember It's a really good reminder to the main message is to live your life always in remembrance of what Jesus did for you. Nice. Yeah, that's really, really good. Good. And especially potent is that message now because I feel like everyone right now is in a a gear of um, wanting to not remember. Mm -hmm. Like they, like... Because 2020. Right, yeah. Like everyone seems to hate 2020 and can't get, can't wait to get out of it here in the next couple of days. So very, very interesting. So uh, you said airplane, and that made me think of some traveling that you have done since you graduated high school. And let me say, before we dig into that, I have, I, I feel like I have always advised upperclassmen in high school as they're thinking about college, 
don't follow the crowd into college. Mm -hmm. Don't even go to college unless it makes sense for the direction that you want to go into. Decide what it is you want to do. At least have a starting point of what you think you might want to do. Figure out what am I going to need to qualify to do that job, and then how can I get it in the in the least expensive, highest quality way? So that's been you know the just my my standing advice. But the the umbrella over that is don't just like go automatically, which I think a lot of people just do, just go automatically right. into college um, without having a clear reason as to why you're doing that. Um, not just like, you know, because everybody does that, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to do it. You, on the other hand, took a year uh, off from school, yes. and would you, I, and I know this is like, there's way too many stories and details, mm-hmm. a year's worth, we would literally be here for a year, um, a year's worth to share, but can you give our listeners just kind of a, like a like a oversight synopsis of yes. what you spent that year doing? So, um well, I'll rewind it back to even senior year. Okay. Um, my goal was to go to college. Like, that was my plan since the very beginning. So this idea of a gap year to do missions kind of came into my mind, and I knew right away that that wasn't from me yeah. because I'm a planner, and it had always been my plan mm. to go straight to a four-year college. I knew I wanted to study nursing, so it wasn't like I was really wrestling with what I was wanting to do or anything like that. So um, fast forward, Jesus confirmed that call for me to take a year and travel and do missions. And he especially um, showed me that I needed to do Mm cross-cultural ministry and Mm -hmm. then in different countries. Um, So I started to kind of just do some research and figure out where I could go. And the Church of the Nazarene is awesome. And we have churches pretty much everywhere. So Mm -hmm. that Um, gave me some really awesome opportunities. And I also looked into um, something known as the world race, but didn't end up doing that. But through kind of looking into that, I came across this really awesome organization in South Africa. So I left in September when all my friends were going to college. I left about the same time to do a three-month internship with an organization called Impact Africa Mm -hmm. in South Africa. Went straight from there to Cambodia, mm-hmm. Phnom Penh, where I served with Rolf and Debbie Kleinfeld, mm-hmm. some Love them. South Siders. Um, then went straight from there to Panama to live with a couple missionaries there and their children. And um, helped primarily in Panama. I was helping with this church planting ministry known as the Genesis Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I went to the Dominican Republic for the rest of the summer mm-hmm. to serve with AJ and Chelsea Fry. Yeah, yeah, love them too. Yes. Yeah, this may be an unfair question, and I don't know if you, it's even answerable. Mm-hmm. But as you look back over those four different countries, those four different places you've been, can you pinpoint something that you found to be um, for you? personally most challenging or uh, or something that was most rewarding or most memorable and I and I recognize there's overlap yeah. in those adjectives but um, yeah any any kind of highlights that you can share yes I would say um, in terms of most challenging my three months in Cambodia were by far the most challenging um, 
in pretty much all aspects, physically, emotionally, spiritually. It was a tough three weeks, but I think that almost um, connects directly to most rewarding Mm -hmm. because it was through that difficult time that I feel like I learned so much. Yeah. And so looking back, it was tough, but I wouldn't change any of the things that happened in those three months. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember talking to you while you were in Cambodia, and I know that um, language was a was a big deal mm-hmm. there, and and trying to learn, which is really impossible right. in that kind of time frame. Yes, um, to learn a language mm-hmm. as seemingly complex as uh, Khmer. Yes, Khmer. Am I saying it right? Okay, you are. Yeah. it's spelled K H M E R. Right. Yeah. So I went thinking I was going to learn Khmer. Khmer. Yeah, of course. But I learned Khmer. So. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, but yeah, I do remember you sharing just some of the positives that came yes. out of that season as as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're you're past that, and you're you know you've you've been uh, for a while now in nursing school in college. Um, as you look back, because you said that Jesus confirmed that that's what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Can you have you landed anywhere in regards to the why? What, what was it that you feel like Jesus wanted to do in your heart, in your life, through that whole experience of traveling, the little, literally like the four corners of the world you went to? Um, wow. I feel like the why, I think God is going to keep revealing that to me mm-hmm. for years and years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. But just looking, just simplifying it to the basics, just seeing how my relationship with Jesus grew yeah. and kind of transformed from... I grew up in church my whole life. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of these things in my head. Mm-hmm. I knew God's promises in my head. I'll always be with you. I will be your strength. I'll be yeah. your support. I'll be your everything. But my life here had been pretty comfortable. Right, yeah. And so a lot of those promises were just in my head. Yeah. It was like, I know, God, this is your character. I know these are your promises. Mm-hmm. But saying yes to such a big commitment and um, just a big step of obedience into something that wasn't necessarily the most comfortable Mm -hmm. or the most natural. It put me into a place where I had to put all of those promises to the test. And so throughout the the course of that entire year, those promises moved from my head to Mm -hmm. my heart, Mm -hmm. where it's now, I know your character and I've seen you come through time and time again. So those those promises now mean so much more to me yeah. as I'm a college student. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's just, I feel like this time of your life, you're moving from one new season to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. And so there's a lot of newness all the time. And knowing and being confident in yeah. God's promises is huge. Yeah, that's so good. That's really beautifully put as well. The last uh, four to five minutes of this podcast, I wished that I could mandate every teenager who finds himself in a church to listen to that because it's so much um it's so easy especially in the teenage years when especially when you grow up in like a spiritual setting or in a church setting Mm -hmm. it's so easy to just let it sit on the surface and really not just kind of know the stories and know the answers to the bible trivia questions and to know the songs and when you're supposed to Raise your hands and not and crescendo and all of those things. And yet it's not really real until it's proven. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's almost like a theoretical faith 
right. when you're, it's so much of the teenage years. For those of our young people, and we have a lot of them that are in that boat. They're kind of, their parents are awesome and amazing, and I'm so glad that they that they bring them into the spiritual community mm-hmm. and that they have that expectation as part of their household that, you know, you're my child and we're going to go and worship together. And, you know, I'm so glad for all of that. But there's this process that every individual, every adolescent, teenager has to go through where it changes from this is my parents' thing mm-hmm. to this is my thing. And how beautiful that God took you around the world right. to help start to cement those things and yeah. solidify those things in your heart. But also, I think what God showed me is, yes, he did, he did take me around the world, but God is the same God for every single person, and mm-hmm. he doesn't call every young person to travel the world right, and do right. missions. Yeah. And so I think for a while I felt like, wow, I was living thinking that, you know, I, I knew all the right things to say, the right things to do. Mm-hmm. Was I just living my faith on the surface? And if people are feeling that way, like especially if, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you feel almost like guilt, mm-hmm. if, am I doing this right? I encourage you not to feel that guilt because that's not from God. Yeah. And he he does what he wants to do in his timing. Mm-hmm. And so he will take you through that process of showing you, like, this is who I am. Right. And all of these things that you know in your head, you can trust me with all that you are. Yeah. Like, all that you have, you can trust me. And it doesn't mean he's going to call you to, you don't, you don't have to go to Africa for yeah. God to yeah. confirm his yeah. promises in your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word, Katie. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I just uh, came to this recording from uh, having lunch with a mutual friend of ours, and that was kind of, those were our closing words. Those were my closing words to him. I, I had sat there across the table at Chipotle eating lunch, and he's he, he did, and this is not a bad thing, he did the majority of the talking mm-hmm. uh, in this conversation, and I loved it. I just loved listening to him. I love the things that he had to say. Uh, he's a real guy. Like, he's not trying to impress anybody. Like, he's a very genuine guy. Um, and uh, But he's, you know, junior in college, um, so right at that, you know, same age. And um, as we were wrapping up lunch, I, I just felt like I ought to take a moment and tell him how proud I was of him, and not in, like, a credit kind of way, not in, like, a, oh, you've done so well. Nothing like that. It's almost like a like a spiritual pride, you know, that, that, that he, I mean, I'm not his youth pastor, he, you know, part of another church, but when I see a young person like him and, and like you, being able to articulate the journey that God has taken them on and the difference that that journey has made in their lives and to be able to, like, talk about that openly and be able to allow it to infuse in their relationships with other people, that's just such a that's such a good thing for me to hear, and so I just wanted to tell him how proud I was of him um, because it really it really is it's a big big deal. Like I don't as a youth pastor I don't I don't think it's a win when we have a lot of kids that come to an event. Mm-hmm. I think it's a win um, when five ten years after a student leaves our spiritual community that they're loving Jesus deeper and they're sharing him with other people. To me, that's the win. That's the much better report card, Mm -hmm. I guess, so to speak. So 
as I started off saying, that's one of the reasons why I love, and you and I have talked about this repeatedly and, right. and openly, I love having a front row seat to stories like yours. And I know that, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not an idiot. Like, I don't have you on a pedestal. And I know that you're human and no, there's nobody that's perfect. Mm-hmm. But, but you've allowed God to do things in your life that have not just changed you from the inside out, but they've in, impacted so many other people through your story. And that's really my prayer for students everywhere, mm-hmm. young people everywhere, um, that you would let God have you. So as I said to this young man that I just left lunch with, um, I, and I don't know if this could have been melodramatic or stupid or whatever, but I said, I, I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years, and it, he, he is a million percent who he said he is. Mm-hmm. He's been so, so good. And the stuff that, to me, because I was there, I was a, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old, 20-year-old even. I was there, and it was just kind of theoretical. My dad was the pastor, mm-hmm. for crying out loud. So I knew all of the hymns and all the stories and all the things to do. But it wasn't until, like you were talking about, really allowing God to prove himself mm-hmm. that it really that's when the transformation for me right. took place at the age of 17. And that's 30 years ago now. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's real. It's true. And, um, you know, I, I bristle and I really hate, like, people talk about, like, you know, religion and just church going mm-hmm. and, you know. Even, even among pastors, we'll talk about, like, you know, reaching the unchurched. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that word, unchurched. like, I'm not trying to church anybody. I'm not trying to like trying bring to you. Jesus, yeah, Jesus. you're right. <laughs> I'm not trying to just bring somebody into a service. And I know that has value, and I know that's where that's a place where God can work. And mm-hmm. certainly, so I'm not taking anything away from that. But the whole idea, I'm not trying to introduce a religion or a brainwashing or anything yeah. like that. I've just found a man who is everything that he said he was, mm-hmm. and he's been you know so good and so faithful. So when I hear other people's stories like yours. Um, Man, it's just my heart sings, you know, to hear that, Mm -hmm. to hear young, especially young people um, coming behind me, so to speak, in history and, you know, just driving their stake into the gospel and saying, this is the real deal for me, too. So it's such a beautiful thing. Okay, so shifting gears just a little bit. Let's talk about nursing. So you're in nursing school. And you're kind of you can kind of see the end in sight, right? I, I can. Okay, surprisingly. so yeah, where are, where are you? <laughs> where are you in the in the journey? I am well. First of all, I'm at Gardner Webb University, right? Yes, in North Carolina, beautiful. In this small town called Boiling Springs. Uh huh. Um, no one really needs to visit unless you're going to Gardner Webb because yeah. there's pretty much nothing to do. Yeah. But I love it. It's cute. I have great friends. Um, so, yeah, so I am in their two-year program mm-hmm. of nursing. They have the normal four-year and the two-year. But I am in my – I just finished my third semester, so I only have one more semester awesome. of the normal, traditional nursing school. Yeah. yeah. So lots of things coming this next semester. I will take my NCLEX, which is like the big nursing test, okay. to get my – you know, certification to be a registered nurse. Yeah, RN. Yes, okay. I will be an RN, but I will only have my associate's degree, so I'll do about one more year um, or a couple semesters. They they switch over to eight-week 
mm-hmm. um, courses after that online. Okay. So I'll be working and then finishing up to get my bachelor's online. Okay. And it'll probably be done within a year. Okay. That's the goal. Gotcha. Yes. Now, um, I, I know, nobody knows the future, of course, but um, as far as as far as you're concerned, do you feel like here in Chesterfield is where you want to be, or do you want to go somewhere else? You you've been literally all over the world. Is there somewhere else you would, whether it's in North America or mm-hmm. somewhere or other country or what? Um, looking directly in like the next year or two years, I'd like to be here, mm-hmm. close to home with mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. Um, just to start, you know, I'll be a new grad nurse, so yeah. I'll be le- still learning a lot sure. and yeah. want to get some experience, and I'm considering continuing my education yeah. to possibly be a nurse practitioner. Yeah. So just kind of figuring all of that out, I know I will have to be in America at least yeah. for a little while to yeah. to know what it's like to be a nurse yeah. and actually you know, get some experience yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But in terms of um, long-term in the future, I have no idea. I'm super open to going wherever. Yeah. If that means other countries, I'm sure. all for it. Yeah. When when did nursing enter your mind? Like as far was it? Were you were you really young? Was it more recent? What was it for you? It was in high school. Okay. I don't really remember when I was little, kind of thinking, oh, I might want to be a nurse. But I was in the physical therapy program at mm-hmm. Monacan High School, mm-hmm. and I kind of got some experience with physical therapy and mm-hmm. saw that I maybe that wasn't the best thing for me. Yeah. Or I might be interested in something else. So that's kind of where the nursing idea popped into my mind. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, it has been tough. Nursing mm-hmm. school is not super easy. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where I'm like, okay, God, is, <laughs> yeah. are you sure this is what you yeah. want me to do? Yeah. But I feel really good about good. what I'm doing. And a lot of the things, um, the nursing things that gross most people out. Yeah have not grossed me out too much. So yeah, I feel well, that's a pretty good sign. I feel a little bit of confirmation in that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I remember um, I remember when I was a kid, my mom and I would watch, like, surgery shows. Like, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. I don't ever see that. But, like, knee replacement surgery. And I, I have no idea where the show came from. But, yeah, that was always fascinating to us. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's really good that, you know, the sight of blood doesn't make yes. you puke and, you know. Things like that. So far, so good. Yes. So far, fingers crossed. Yes. Right? Hopefully it'll stay on that track. That's good. Um, so I wanted to, and I want, I want to share something. This is hard shift, like completely okay. unrelated. Um, and I just want to get your take on it. And this could, you know, we could kind of wrap up uh, after this. Or we can go another hour. I don't really care. But um, Buckle up. Yeah, that's Here right. And and my my dad back to my dad um, is one of the one of the most prolific like Bible knowledge guys mm-hmm. like he just knows the Bible he's a fantastic teacher of the Bible he's a, he's an effective preacher like whenever I have a question I go right to him and almost without even looking like he knows the verse and he he's studied all the Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff yeah he just knows his stuff so this this last few days. I've been, I was getting ready for a message that now as just because of COVID and stuff, we might postpone, you know, so I got some time, but I came across a passage and I know I've read it before and, and I know it probably piqued my interest before, but it's been set aside, but now I'm fixated on it. And it was, um, I apologize. I don't have the reference in front of me, but I think it's Luke 22, 46. That's my best guess somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Jesus' instruction um, to 
to his uh, disciples. And he was saying, um, take your sandals, take your bag. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak to get a sword. And, and I know it's, it's dangerous, and I, I should probably have, have had this pulled up to be able to read all the context, because mm-hmm. context is key when you're trying to understand Scripture. So I'm not about to just pluck this one thing out and say that Jesus was this sword-wielding pirate, mm-hmm. you know, that cut people's heads off. But I just think it's so fascinating, an instruction of Jesus that seems to, and I know there's, there's more depth and more understanding to be had, seems to fly in the face of almost everything else that he said. Mm-hmm. It, to me, and I, and I understand this other verse I'm about, about to mention, I understand it far better, but it's, it's kind of in the same category as when he said, unless you hate your father and mother, you cannot be my disciple. When the guys came to the house mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, your, your mother and your brother is outside. Um, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? So unless you hate your mother and your father and your brother, and you're, you can't be my disciple. It just seems so like, what? Yeah. Where did that come from? So I don't know if, you're, if you've read this first. Have you ever even thought about it? Like this whole like sell your, sell your cloak so that you can buy a sword. Obviously, he's saying this is not going to be an easy road, which does go along with everything that he taught his yeah. disciples. Um, but it's almost as if brace yourself. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is stuff's about to go down. Yeah. So, and I know it wasn't for the sake of violence, mm-hmm. because Peter in the garden pulled out the sword, cut off the guy's ear, and Jesus said, "Hey, put that sword away." Yeah. Because hey, I I could call. I could call a legion of angels to it's come. It's almost and, like, in other words, he's saying, you're choosing to follow me, and it's not going to be super easy. Yeah. So yeah. prepare yourself. Right. Be ready. Yeah. Make sure you're capable and, I don't know. Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. Also, I mean, this is kind of unrelated, but also not. Um, the sword, like, just something my brother always, when he talks about, I'm going to go get my Bible or whatever, yeah. we're going out the yeah. door on Sunday morning. Right. Like, oh, I got to go get my sword. Right. So not going to lie, that popped into my yeah. mind. Yeah. And it's like, if we look at it from that aspect, it's super important to yeah. have the word of God right. with you. Like yeah. if you're planning on, on attempting something challenging right. or even just, we say attempting something challenging, but this life is challenging. Really so if you're is. trying to live your life and you don't have any assistance from the Word of God, you're mm-hmm. gonna be struggling right. a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good connection. Yeah, and and I don't know I don't know if that's what he meant. Yeah. Um, but but also, and I know this is decades later. Mm-hmm. Paul um, talking about the armor of God mm-hmm. and the sword of the Spirit. Um, now, I, I, and I don't, I don't know. I can't say, you know, what Jesus was referring to. It could, it could have just as easily been a literal sword. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of fall into the line of thinking, like, whatever interpretation of scripture, you start with the with the most obvious, simplest explanation. Yeah. And there's a theory that the name of that is mm-hmm. escaping me, but there's a theory that's like the the simplest, easiest, most direct explanation is usually the correct one. Mm-hmm. And there's people right now that are screaming at the their phone and, you know, telling me, trying to tell me what the name of that is. But um, so that's kind of what I, where I, I just go with, yeah, he meant a sword, like 
a sword. Like an actual physical sword. Like a sword, right, yeah. And we definitely could have meant that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to... That's so funny, that connection to that memory. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, but. yeah. But let's go back to this whole idea of preparation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love what you said about as we enter into difficulty and as we enter into battles, mm-hmm. having God's presence and God's word and being equipped for that. Right. Um, there's an interesting principle that I, that I think we all... Sh- could and should adopt, uh, or not principle, but perspective. Um, And that is looking for God. Mm -hmm. Rather than letting life come at you, that we we come at life with God's power and with his presence and his will and, you know, all of the things that he equips us with. Uh, I think a lot of people let life happen to them rather than charging at life with the authority that God gives them. Um, and I am not a snake handler guy. I'm not like, you know, a Christian Christian that's like, hey, let's drink the poison and see what happens, you know, because right. God said he'd protect us. I'm not like that, but I do really believe that we pay a lot of lip service to the whole idea of power and authority and um, the things that God gives us, I don't, I, I don't think we really employ them mm-hmm. the way or that we should. It yeah, the way that we can. right. Yeah, I think for me, and I'm not. This is not an indictment on anybody. I'm just gonna looking in the mirror. This is just on Jerry. I think I will certainly stand before God, and He, to some degree, in all of His love and in all of His grace, I think He's gonna just shake His head and be like, mm, mm, mm. boy. You you missed so much of what I wanted to do. I, I had I had warehouses full of all of this supply for you, all of this power, all of this authority. Mm-hmm. And for so long, you just kind of like used maybe like a teaspoon of it, you know. Um, and I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on myself, but I don't think I am. I think I, I think I'm very likely. And susceptible to lean more on me and what makes sense I think to me. I think that we're all yeah that way. Yeah, I know for sure. I I am a control. I guess control freak. I like to control everything. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to live your life for Jesus and want to control everything because yeah. those two don't really mix. Yeah. So that's something I have to be really intentional about. Yeah. On a day to day basis of okay. Let go. Right. And, and let right. God do what he wants to do. Right. So it's super easy. It's way easier to let life happen to you. Yeah. Because you don't really have to put forth that much effort. You just yeah. kind of have to exist and, you know, mm-hmm. try to survive. Right. But when you understand the promise of the Holy Spirit and how powerful it mm-hmm. is to have that in your day-to-day, mm-hmm. your eyes open up to right. all of the things right. around you. You start, yeah. you see... You don't just see people walking by you in the street and think like, okay, that's a person. You look at people almost more as like opportunities or people, you know, you start to consider what are they going through? Mm -hmm. Are they going through a hurt? Are they? Because, I mean, if you think about it, you most days walk around and if someone asks you, how are you doing? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm good. How are you? But so many people are struggling. And so a lot of the people that we see every day, 
need a touch from Jesus. Yeah. And if you're living, if you're living, letting life happen to you, you're not going to be ready or maybe even willing to yeah. be that touch of yeah. Jesus that they might need. Right. So right. I'm not trying to say I, I have it all together right. <laughs> at all yeah. because yeah. I struggle with that. And I know I've missed so many opportunities because I get in that zone of just letting life happen to me. Yeah. But it feels really good when you understand the promise yeah. that, okay, Honestly, you're not really doing anything. You're just being a vessel to let God do what he wants to do. Yeah. So there's no really like success or failure when right. it comes to that because right. it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So yeah. It's not on your shoulders. Right. Yeah. That's really good. And and going back to what you said about control uh, and following Jesus and those two things can't really go together. Mm-hmm. That's such a, I know that there's somebody listening to this podcast that that's, they, God needed to bring them to this. We're at 37. God, God needed to bring them this far in the podcast to be able to hear that, that you cannot, you cannot live grasping for control mm-hmm. while still trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord. Right. It's so very true. Because I feel like even now, or especially now, there's a lot of grasping for control. Mm-hmm. And there's... We've never, I don't know, and and this is maybe an ignorant thing to say, but that I can remember, we've never been so entwined with regulation and oversight Mm -hmm. and what you can and cannot do, at least in recent history. And so there there are a lot of control issues that are going on. And um, people want to feel in control because literally their health is hanging in the balance as we're under the cloud of, COVID and this mm-hmm. pandemic and and now a kind of an uptick in cases and right. where can you go right yeah how many people can be yeah. there right right um, so trying to assert control over other people mm-hmm. really seems to be kind of a that's in the air mm-hmm. you know right now so you saying that I think is a really good reminder for those of us who claim Jesus as our Savior and Lord that we can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. We cannot strive with our, you know, with our with our hand on the controls and and say that we're trusting him fully. Yeah. I have a friend who I was FaceTiming her the other day and she'd been going through some stuff and she said something that to me was really profound and so I wrote it down in my notes on my phone. But basically what she said was I would rather know God than know what's going on. Mhm. Yeah. And I think that fits pretty perfectly into this conversation of yeah. the control issue and things kind of seem to be spiraling out of control. And it's really hard for us to let go and just kind of give up yeah. our comfort or yeah. our, you know, we want to feel good about where we're at and yeah. we'd like to understand what's going on. But my friend said it perfectly with if you know God's character, if you know who he yeah. is, you don't really have to know what's going on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that living, um, giving God all the control is going to be super comfortable, but it's right. not supposed to be. Yeah. And that's, yeah. if you're uncomfortable, you're probably doing something right. Yeah. 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 That's true. I think in, inherent in following Jesus is discomfort. It's built into the relationship. Now, he's the Prince of Peace. You know, we know that. He's, his Holy Spirit uh, is known as the Comforter. So we know that there's a supernatural peace, but... Never once did Jesus say, 
hey, you guys, just come with me. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so easy and so great. We're going to eat lollipops and pick flowers, and it's just going to be so nice. It's so much trouble is built in, like literally into the hard wire of this relationship that we have because we are supposed to be living differently than the world around us. And so that's going to be a spark point for a lot of problems mm -hmm. and a lot of trouble. And I've, and I've certainly seen that happening for sure. Yeah. Well, man, that's good. That's good. good stuff. Yeah. Thank you for being with us today, Katie Badgero. It's been a phenomenal time. And we want to thank all of our listeners who have stayed so long. Yeah. And, uh, and have How hung out. We are at 40 minutes wow. right now. So Time flies. I know. Twice as long as our normal episode. But, you know, like I told you Shout earlier. to all the real ones who are that's still right. Yes. listening right yes. now. Yes, yes. We salute you. You are our favorite. If you are still listening and you have one of our numbers, text us. Yeah. And maybe there will be a little, I don't know, a little goodie. Yeah, that's right. We'll come up with lunch, something. Lunch on Jerry. That's right. <laughs> Everybody who's text listening right now, text Jerry, and he will take you out to lunch and pay for it. And yeah. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> while, while we're giving away things that right. don't exist. Let me give away things for Jerry. <laughs> we're very generous with what's not ours. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. Katie Badgero, I love you. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And I hope that we have another uh, at least 40-minute yes, episode uh, in the future as well. For sure. And we'll thank all of our listeners for listening to the 2x4 Student Podcast. This has been a humdinger of an episode, uh, as they say. So if you want to um, send in a topic or a question or a suggestion for a future episode, you can DM us. Uh, at uh, Instagram, we're at Southsiders, uh, or you can text it into 804-464-7077, either one of those ways, or leave a comment under this episode. You can do that, too. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks again, Katie. Millions of pounds of thank yous of for being thank you here. For having me. Yes, of course. Bye, friends. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 2x4 Student Podcast, the podcast that's two students, five students, and four students.